0: You're a hard guy to find. That depends who's looking. What are you doing here? Not even a lemonade? There's trouble up on the ridge. Yeah. What else is new?
1: trouble up on the ridge greetings everybody this is rated p for paranormal the only podcast of its kind two industry professionals rating and reviewing paranormal themed pop culture welcome tony arkin hello my friend hello sir due to p4p audience demand we are finally going to grade our own work which is a very
0: weird situation to be in this is terrifying i've been anxious all i've been anxious all week about this
1: So if you listen to this podcast uh, regularly, you know that we rate and review paranormal film and television. You also know we've made reference many, many times to a short that Tony and I did together called Pound Ridge. And we had several people over the last year or so go like, when are you going to do Pound Ridge? When can we see Pound Ridge? So I posted it on our social media at Rated Paranormal. You can look at it uh, on our, our Instagram page, our Facebook page. I think there's a teaser trailer for it. Uh, By the time you listen to this episode, it'll also be up on my YouTube page. So if you just go to YouTube, you can simply search Maddie Blake and you'll see me uh, looking like someone peed in my cornflakes or something with a scowl on my face and a blue jacket. That's my channel. And you will see Pound Ridge. You can watch it. And it's entirely I entirety. I really suggest watching it before you listen to this episode. I think you have to, because you won't be able to reference what we're talking about. It'll just be a much more enjoyable experience for you. And we want to hear from you. Some people have already sent us reviews and we're flattered and honored. Um, And speaking of honor, Tony, we have got the band back together because (laughs) with us tonight is the man who not only stars in this thing, and I'm going to talk about his performance and his casting and everything that he represents but he also shot this thing unbelievable job and we'll get into that too ladies and gentlemen mr david carlson carlson himself (laughs)
2: Man, that's the nicest introduction I've ever had in my entire life. Thank you so much. You did miss the part about me making your breakfast. I think that's it. I really want to talk about that at some point.
0: Well, I wanted to say, you know, as well as shooting it, he also kind of was the production manager and and, uh, the location manager and the producer essentially because we shot at his spread, uh, you know, and we're able to, you know, we couldn't have done any of it without you, David, because we basically could run around like crazy people you know, uh, up at your place and, uh, you know, and have free reign. None, yeah. none of it could have happened.
2: No, it was magic. And it was, I was so excited that it kind of came together the way it did. It was just like one of those old magic moments, you know, so let's do it. Let's do this idea. Let's try it. And then it all kind of like worked out in some way.
0: Well, let's, you know, I mean, did, I don't know how you wanted to start the conversation, Maddie. If you, you, you were just about to, I just cut you off. You clearly had a way that you were going to do this. Not at all. your vibe
1: maybe we should treat it just like pound Ridge, just kind of let it happen but i i think i mean the way i kind of thought about it was we can start about where this where it came from kind of his origins and kind of end and then talk about the shoot and everything therein and then kind of end it where it stands now because i've gotten questions directly from people like are you guys going to make this a show where does it stand i think we should get into some of that and our efforts to try to pitch it and things like that um but, yeah, Tony, go ahead. You 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 can lead on this one because you're the director of this.
0: <laughs> all, well, no, hardly. But I just, you know, I was thinking, like, uh, to give a little context for how, I mean, how it came to be even before the movie. Because, like, how did we know each other? How did this all kind of happen? Yeah. To give a little context to it. Because this wasn't, this wasn't like a pro short in the sense that we didn't have financing and we didn't, you know, we didn't have uh, no one gave us permission. <laughs> we, we wanted to make something and we had some history with that with each other we made this in 2014 yeah
1: july we shot it july 23rd and 24th of 2014 which is
0: wow, Wow. it's ridiculous (laughs) maybe we should cut that part out and move that a little bit forward (laughs) uh
1: which is unbelievable so yeah so everyone knows who listens to this that tony and i know each other because we had a mutual agent uh, in the business but you were friends with david carlson uh that story i don't know so much how you guys met
0: well, David and I met similarly to how you and I met, but just an earlier incarnation of all of it. David and I were both doing VO work in the in the late '90s and met um, at the agency. We were both at the same agency at, at the time. It was ICM. We were coffee buddies. We just we, we like we, we took one look at each other and we're like you think this business is weird too, don't? This <laughs> this <is weird>? Let's <laughs> talk this out. Yeah. And um, it turned out we were both into a lot of the similar stuff. We went to, the, it was that coffee place around the corner from ICM. David, right, remember that right. place? Yeah.
2: I forget what it was called now. Well,
0: it's like it a and, fancy yeah. espresso Italian yeah. place.
2: Yeah. But we just talked about film. It was really a fun, it was a fun, we got to know each other way through that, I think, through that old coffee shop.
0: Yeah, so yeah, for sure. We'd auditions
2: and then we'd go hang out there and stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: I was just meeting Amelia around that time and I remember we were talking about that and, but then it. It became clear you had already been making movies and videos and shorts and films for a long time before I had kind of come back to it since my Super 8 days. Mm -hmm. You'd been doing a lot of video stuff for for like years before we met.
2: Well, I was working. I was in the comedy scene. I was doing a lot of sketch comedy. And I was working with these guys, uh, uh, this group called the Fun Bags. <laughs> and it was uh, me, and these th- <laughs> me and these three other guys. And we kind of had this uh, multimedia component to it. And I just sort of, I always wanted to make movies. So I was, I was shooting films, interstitial, like films, videos for that, for our live performances.
0: Okay. And I, oh, I, right. I,
2: I had done a lot of that. And then I got into um, the business of, um, like the corporate media business. I started editing at the beginning of final cut pro. And then um, I just started getting a lot of jobs of editing corporate videos. And then I started shooting corporate videos. So that's kind of how I got a lot of my uh, background of shooting was doing hundreds of these little, like corporate, corporate videos, you know, along with that was what I was getting paid to
0: do and before you did that though i mean you showed me the early stuff that you did that were involving like animations and talking and inanimate characters and you know there was a cookie jar uh series i mean you did amazing stuff and that was before i was getting into video and because i'd started making super eight movies and then i dropped it for a while because video video was a little weird for me I, i couldn't quite figure it out and you were you were really the first person to go like, No, you can have a lot of amazing creative control and do stuff at home that you can't yeah. believe.
2: I saw it you know? being a huge, huge just like, Yeah, you could do anything you want. You can build your own rocket ship, man. Yes, yeah. that was amazing. Mm-hmm
0: and we really hit it off on that level like building our own props and you know (laughs) all like the workshop part of it all that kind of fun toy shop part was really appealing to both of us so we we then went off to make a a bunch of little movies together and then worked on a feat on a feature documentary together and and then um we were looking for stuff to do that was just different when you appeared with this uh with this idea
2: it kind of came around an interesting way like I we like I know Maddie through a little bit through voiceover, but then he worked on this small movie that we've shot and he didn't he didn't get to he didn't get to work that day. Then Anthony and I, we just said like, we're gonna do Maddie Blake a solid. We're gonna uh-huh. one day we're gonna figure out something for that guy. And I remember that was the I, I was thinking about that today. That was the thing that really was the beginning of wanting to do Pound Ridge anthony because we brought that oh yeah we're we're gonna do this we're gonna figure out a way to make this like more than he could ever hope for
0: we i felt so bad that we were shooting this other short film this movie called introduction to the schnelling 3000 we had like two days to shoot and we we ended up being pushed and you could not make it back for another day and i was crushed that was one of the worst that's when i realized directing was a miserable job that it was mostly just apologizing to people.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. So you did that short uh, introduction to the Schnelling 3000. And uh, I came to Brooklyn to do my little part. And you guys just had delays and technical issues and you couldn't get to me. I forgot about this component of it leading into Pound Ridge. And I've actually brought this up to students. Like when I've spoken little things, I've said like, there are times when I've had a right to quote unquote, like, throw my weight around or, or yeah. say, this is not right. And all this, I said, that is so penny wise and pound foolish. You know, I'm like, just be a decent human being. Everyone's trying, unless you're mistreated. And I've, I've used that example. Like a friend of mine was shooting something. They never got to me. I, I went to Brooklyn and waited all day. I could have said like, guys, come on. I was like, no problem, man. I get it. And then they, and then you guys, that made you want to kind of do this with me, which yeah. is, is not why I did that. It's just being a decent human being, but it just goes to show you, like it shows people, you know just be decent and good yeah. things happen people want to work with you again
0: yeah yeah exactly i mean that's definitely true it, it, it you know it, you you know even if you had left in a huff and been pissed off i think we still would have wanted to work with you because you're clearly a star and deserve to be in the movies but um you know uh yeah it, it's um it's a touchy thing i mean it, a, a, and there, you weren't the only person there there yeah. were two other people that couldn't that couldn't work that That's day right. that That's that right. were you know that, that was it was awful it was a terrible thing to tell people like oh can you make it tomorrow no oh gosh okay so we But it's gotta- it's
1: also like if you guys are in the other room like you know off track betting and drinking uh, you guys are working your ass off and sweating and it was a labor of love and no one was making well, any Well not
2: everyone is like you Maddie Blake I can well. tell you. That's, thank that's, you that's but your
0: attitude is amazing and <laughs> yeah. but it's true you know it's something that we tell you know i tell students that they ask like well, what's how do you become successful at this and my main thing is like well you've got to be good at your job but you really have to be a good team person to work with you have to have a good attitude people want to have to want to have you around on the set and feel like it's safe and that your ego's not going to get in the way of the of the thing. Yes. And, um, but anyway, yeah, so that's how this, this all started. And as misguided as it even was in twenty fourteen to try to make an, an eight minute short film because there's so much money in it. <laughs> we knew we were gonna um, be set for life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But we did have reason to believe that, you know, we had we had a live one. And and um yeah. it's interesting to to look back this many years later and and look at work you did then and and see if it holds up.
1: So uh, let's do what we do with a real movie, Tony, and just give the basics. Um, So Pound Ridge is about my character, who we titled by the... I have the original pitch here and the original um, scripting work. Our log line was, it's hard to kick ass during a midlife crisis, Pound Ridge. Um, Pound Ridge, Pennsylvania, population 5,104, remote location of Ridgestone Center for specialized training, placement, and rehabilitation of the non-enlisted warrior. Some people have asked us, like, well, there's a paranormal film podcast. There is a paranormal aspect to Pound Ridge, which we will get to uh, as we go. But I played Sullivan, um, who's alone in the woods, for all we know. Uh, He's got a cabin in the remote woods somewhere. And two men show up, Martinez, played by you, Tony, our director, and Carlson, played by David Carlson. They show up, and you immediately get the sense that, like, something bad's going down. These guys are going to kill him. Maybe you don't know. Then it turns out that you and I have this dialogue, Tony, that we are former soldiers together, and you have come there to request something of me. I assume that it's to get back in the game and be a killer with you. I assume you found me to get back in the game. And then it's revealed the big twist at the end is that you didn't very much come there to ask me to start fighting again, but for something very benign. And then it's revealed that Carlson is your kind of new... Sideman, and i obviously have a history with carlson i'm not his biggest fan uh i've told him he's nearsighted i told him to his face which might be my favorite line of the whole thing uh, yes. and and you know hilarity ensues but again we walk you down that path for a very long time so that's kind of like the basics of it um i found the original script i wrote in my laptop i'd saved it in an email and um it was the genesis of an audition i did we were like commercial actors, as you said, the three of us and voiceover actors and things like that, as well as, you know, film and television when we could. And um, I went on an audition at a, I won't mention the name, but a particular uh, casting director that, you know, Tony, and you, you you know how we all feel about that particular agency. I know oh, you know what I'm talking about. I
0: know who you know. I know you know. that. And I, I was
1: just treated terrible that day. No and, kidding. <laughs> as per usual. And um, I had a snippy little thing with one of the people there. And she had mentioned, um, my age. Uh, and I, I, always tended to look young, you know, I think, uh, and, and so she said, well, you know, you're, you're past playing that. You're past playing that. And I'm like, I didn't call me here. Like, I'm not the one who thought I could do yeah, this. Yeah. Like you called me here. And now you're telling me I can't play a, a, a young guy. She's like, you're more dad. You're dad now. So long story <laughs> short, I was driving home on the train and, um, in like 2014, there were a bunch of action movies that were coming out. And I kept seeing the scene of some form of either a former soldier or fighter. And there's a ubiquitous scene where like one of his buddies comes and they go like, we need you again. He's like, no, no, yeah, my killing days are over. <laughs> and all I could think of was like, that's how I felt kind of that day uh, in that casting situation was like, my best days are behind me. Are they? I'm starting to transition into dad here. I'm 40 years old. I just turned uh-huh. 41, I think. And so I was like, what could I write that would like capture that? But I didn't want to directly say that. I certainly didn't want to do a short about actors. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, so like I went, I went to the well of comedy and action stars, like, which I love action movies and and I come from comedy. So it was like that, that was the genesis. And I found the emails to myself about like how I was going to kind of tackle this. And what do you do when you maybe are a little past your prime? you know, and, and starting to tackle that. So it's really like a midlife crisis deal. That's how I originally saw it. And I, and I, and I only saw it as one scene. I pitched it to Tony, actually, if you remember this, Tony, I wanted it to be like a funnier or die, just one quick scene of that, of a, of a guy being asked and the funny moment of him going like, all right, I'm back. And then they go, Oh no, no, we don't actually need you. We just want to borrow your stuff. And I just, you know, and like, him being left and that's all it was supposed to be like a two minute funny scene making fun of literally that scene in action movies do you, do you remember that part of it Tony? i i
0: i do yeah i mean i remember we worked we got to the location and we had a little extra time like i think we got there i guess we shot two days do you remember? yes
1: uh, David was David. We days. were there two days. days.
0: Yeah, yeah, we were there two days.
2: We shot like an afternoon, the first afternoon, and we shot the whole day the next day.
0: Yes. And so the night before we got there, I think, and mm-hmm. had dinner and prepped and stuff, mm-hmm. and we were going through the script. And I think we actually made a lot of changes right then. When I
1: got there, I thought it was going to be my little one scene, funnier dive. Right. <laughs> right, right. By the right. time I got there, you guys had created this world. Well,
2: I mean, I can tell you what how that be- became that. So, because what it was. uh, Tony approached me with the script and he said, take this, this is my Maddie's script, and I go, great, so we, we read it. And it was, you know, of course it was funny, but we thought like, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, it's going to take a day to shoot something like this as a comedy sketch. You to do it well. And then, of course, my own sort of like, what do I want from this thing came up. And I thought, well, maybe what I'd like to do is, uh, is to really do it sort of seriously. And then Tony and I, we had this conversation. I go, what if we... What if we committed to this thing as like a, like an action movie, you know, like a real action movie, because maybe we could, we could use this for ourselves as a sort of um, a template. Uh, we never shot a, an action film before. And I thought, well, we'll never have the, but it's not going to be like a budget for guns and stuff, but maybe we can have the attitude and the essence of it. And I think Anthony yeah, we had a real, do you remember this, Anthony? We had a conversation yeah.
0: about this whole thing.
2: And, yeah, and, um, and I, I, I don't, I mean, I remember that, I don't know who brought that up, but I thought it was like, let's, let's use this opportunity. And we've got this house. It just kind of all kind of, I just kind of had a storm of like, Let's throw this pot. You, me and Maddie, we'll just do a bank heist, you know, and we'll come together and we'll just plow through this and make this as like almost serious as we possibly can make the sketch like a serious. And then there's this, this, the whole thing leads up to this joke at the end. Yes. But we're going to stay completely serious until the end of it we're gonna make a rambo movie that's what we were gonna make that,
0: that, like, it, like the series like the talking parts of a rambo movie like without the action like you know the,
2: that's where, the whole thing.
0: where we got to see like men you know tough men f- trying to feel things
2: yeah exactly <laughs> like, exa- we can do all those parts and then the knife we'll throw we can
1: small things but yeah know. it's so funny like the first scene i ever wrote <laughs> i I'd scrapped it but three guys on a ridge about to take someone out and one of them throws his back out because he's 50, you know, or 45. (laughs) And so that's, that was like there. And you guys got that aesthetic, but it's one of the great moments of my life, not just career Is you, when I got there to the cabin, I was prepared because that's just how I roll. Like I get all into, even if I'm have a one liner, I get ready. So I came in ready to rock, but I just came in ready to rock on a funnier die scene. And I could tell you guys wanted to tell me something. (laughs) And I don't remember this. We were like, we smoke some cigarettes or whatever we're doing. Like there was some food, maybe I don't. And I just remember you guys going like, "No, we'll, we'll talk in a minute. We'll talk in a minute." And like I knew you guys wanted to tell me something. I'm like, oh God, they've rewritten this whole thing, or they've, they don't like it or something. And we just kind of we we talked a little bit, and then you sat down with me, and you're like, "Here's what we're thinking. We build a world. We take just what you said, Dave. We take this so serious. We play, and then the misdirect isn't just because I had written it as a misdirect to my character, right?" Like my character doesn't see what's coming, but it's just a funny one joke. You're like, no, let's misdirect the entire thing that with the entire audience. And you guys start talking about the world of Pound Ridge and maybe it's a town where they bring veterans in and they're doing things like I I fully admit none of that was in my head. And I was just like it was like uh, heaven had opened up and. <laughs> A light shone down. I'm like, this is I, I'm so with the right guys. This is just so glorious and awesome. And it was one of the great moments of my life when you guys started kind of like pitching it to me at the next level.
2: Tony just put you in the back porch and you guys just talked for like hours.
1: Yes. And I
2: think that's what like and I, I i cooked and worked on camera stuff, but I remember it was like this very intimate. Okay, then you then you guys must have figured out how it was gonna go down.
1: That's exactly but that conversation. They, Tony said, I context. want you to think less funnier dive video and more <laughs> yeah. this is your this is a character piece like can you get there and i'm
0: like let's go i thought thought the challenge was i mean just from (laughs) a, just to put it very simply i mean it's it's a very silly movie it 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 ends it's all going towards a very ridiculous kind of punchline, which i think is very funny but it's 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 somewhat ludicrous and i thought it would be a real challenge to keep that to have the slowest burn for the longest amount of time to see how far we could push that before yes. we let let in on the joke. Yes. And, you know, I mean that for me, that was much as part of it as, as build as world building. Mm-hmm. Cause I actually was surprised both of you kind of thought of this as a world outside just this short before I did, I didn't see the potential in that right away, but I right. saw that the challenge here was to keep this so in the pocket that people might just think it was a bad action movie, but not yes. a really bad one. Yes. You know, not, not, not really yes. bad. Yes. But just not a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> Run of the mill kind of with the, a lot made of the tropes that you Canada.
2: Kind of, in Canada uh, or, or maybe uh, Bulgaria, yeah, you know, right, like right, with right. European
0: money <laughs> and try to push that as far as possible. And I think that we kind of, i feel like any longer than eight minutes might might not have worked i feel like Mm -hmm. that my my proudest my proudest you know contribution is in in editing it was in finding you know how far to push that like Mm. exactly how much we could milk all that Mm. fake seriousness in the beginning of it
1: so why don't you call the sheriff
0: now they got him too like i said it's been getting rough out there that's why i'm going up the ridge i'm uh take them all out my killing days are over you know watching it again i hadn't seen it in a while and i first of all i was just struck with like how much air is in this like it really i hadn't really remembered how much time we stay with you Mm -hmm. and i i mean i laughed i actually laughed out loud at your reaction to reading the yi ching i i actually Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> no, yes. that really got me
1: you know and it's it's such a slow burn too because you, when you realize where my character ends up and kind of how shallow he is and <laughs> just uh, stupid he is in a way like him reading the Tao Te Ching becomes so much funnier
2: <laughs> it's much funnier if you want when you watch it the second time because you're like you go oh my god this is yeah because yeah, now you know who he really is yes sure.
1: yes my wife and I watched it on our big screen the other night I hadn't seen it you know all the way through in years <laughs> it is beautiful like it holds up with all the advancement of technology in the last nine years. It looks like we shot it yesterday. The greens of the forest. I mean, the shots you got, David and, and Tony, just talk about that for a minute. I mean, it's 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 really beautiful.
0: Well, I mean, I'll defer to you, David, in a second after I say that I we we were looking to shoot something different. This was a very different kind of movie than David and I had, had ever done before it's it was satirizing different stuff than we'd ever done and we Mm. knew it needed a different look i i knew it did i knew we needed to have a kind of different vibe and um david had been experimenting with the jib arm that he got you know part of the part of the equipment i guess it was for pharma videos Mm -hmm. showed me a sample and i was knocked out this was before they were being used all the time and in in everything they were they weren't brand new but you're seeing them used a lot more. And so he showed me a couple samples and I was blown away. How much do we shoot with that, man?
2: We used that jib the entire shoot because mm. it had, we had, it, it gave us certain advantages.
0: That was a big part of it. I mean, mm. that, that, that gave a look to the movie yeah. almost more than any one thing, you know, um, yeah. had you shot, what did you shot with the jib before this?
2: Well, I'd shot a ton of corporate stuff. A lot of, um, a lot of DPs were using it to shoot uh, interviews, right? Because interviews are so dead that a jib has this kind of float to it, right? Mm. So, and they don't have to hold it and it's not on sticks and they can kind of move it around slightly all the time. Right? So it gives a feeling of kind of movement, even when things are totally still. So mm. I always liked that. And I thought, well, you know, one of the things with Town Ridge that we were experimenting with, which was really important to me, was to come up with a cinematic experience, right? So that means stillness. And, how, and what does that mean to me? So that means a camera that kind of moves slower. The shots are more in line with, There's just more, I, I want them, I want them to be, um, yeah, I want the camera to feel big. You know, I want the camera to feel big because that's my experience of cinema is the 70s and 60s where the cameras are moving a sort of a certain way. Right. So I was thinking of in that way of like, okay, so the cameras we have are really small. But how do we how do we make it feel big? Well, that jibs, you know, a big piece of metal. we got it out in the forest and it just gives everything sort of like a real cinematic uh, vibe. You know, that's what I was thinking. So we could go from high up. The low we could scrape the, the the landscapes we could take it into an interior we could move it so quickly because it just in a second i can move it three feet in a different direction and have it and just have it stay there and you know you we were all in this weird way of being dp or whatever you're like maddie hold your arm here and grab the camera jib absolutely and it kind yeah. of crazy things were, so it really helps when you're with a small crew because you can kind of you can do all these things with it. I just thought it was really magical. And I think it really added to the to the movie look. It was heavy as hell, you yeah. know, because we, we, we carried around that thing in that forest, but it was really, it really, I loved it. I love looking at it now. I'm like, wow, that's the whole thing. Right there. Did you also—it I
0: mean, was also a, prim, a primitive jib in the sense you didn't have like remote controls and no, Wi-Fi no. connections to it, like <laughs> they do now. I mean, I
1: there, wasn't there weights on it? Were there actual yeah, weights it was, on it? Yeah,
2: there's like a twenty-five pound yeah, weight on it. So you've that. got like a fifty-pound jib, a twenty-five. It was like it was like a Gary the Conqueror or whatever. You know, it was like it really going taking the the boat through the the jungle. Oh it was, yeah,
0: Fitzcarraldo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was
2: just like. It just reminded me, like, <laughs> what the, when we were doing it, it seemed kind of crazy, but it looked great. It, looked it, great. R- yeah. it really
0: did. Looking
2: for Maddie in that beginning, I mean, that's a perfect, I, what we could do with it. I mean, right. it, it, you're not on one plane. You can go on all sorts of, like, tiny little, like, you could go up six, seven, in, eight inches, and yeah. then float down again along, like, a parallel plane. It just, like, to me was, it just made it look like we were really making a real Freaking big movie.
1: The, the editing too with that tony my wife commented she goes oh my god yeah. what a, and she my wife is not in the business but she's learned through osmosis being with me for, for forever and uh you know there's a scene where it kind of dissolves from me walking out i think in the forest heading out to do whatever i'm gonna do and then it's like the way the music dissolves into a shot of the coffee pot and then you're looking at the vastness of the forest Again, with that floating thing, which speaks to the way you shot it, David, adds to the, wow, he's way out there without having to say it. And and it just kind of floats and you just look at the vastness of this beautiful green forest. And then you get the coffee machine and then you guys at the door, it's just, you. we all came fully formed to this thing. And and it was like, we got to be in the sandbox and just do the thing for, for as long as we wanted it, practically, and, and it shows.
2: The background of this film you know, is is this just green forest, right? So, it to me, it's exciting to use these uh, to use nature. I mean, that's another thing. When you use nature as your background, there's a grandness to it that makes you just feel like you're just a superstar. I mean, I it's a superstar. Mm. It's like it adds a, an element of like life to it that people forget about it holds a frame it's, it's it's it was a beautiful part of it that's i just want to say that
0: part yeah well it's awesome. you know i mean you know weather and on the unpredictable qualities of being outside and shooting outside are are really powerful and you would see less and less of it because a lot of stuff is in studio with like you know, like these yeah. new digital psych walls they have and um but not to get Arty is hell about it, Mm -hmm. but if there anybody that if anybody listening likes film history or anything, like some of this comes goes back to Akira Kurosawa, who I know is a filmmaker. You love Maddie too, Ah, yes. Um, Who said like in this kind of uh, haiku way of putting it that cinema was the wind in the trees, and Mm. he always tried to capture literally that that in in his films, but also just the the effects of unpredictable natural surroundings to stuff mm-hmm. and to see actors in the middle of that uh, can be really really exciting um and so it's 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 one of the things that gets lost with so much studio work you know
1: after i do my training montage to the opening credits in the cabin uh i i do make it out to the forest as you said and i've got a large hammer in my hands and i'm i'm, I'm hammering something and tony you appear and it and that that sets off really the first dialogue in the film between you and i and I had a couple of people ask me about the knife throw. So, cause you talk technically about that. I can tell you why I put it in as a writer. I'm not going to do expository dialogue about our background and how long we fought together and my skills and your skills, which they would do in a really bad action movie. So I'm like, all right, how can I intelligently show that I'm capable and that you're capable and that we've worked together before all in a moment. And so I was like, all right, if I threw a weapon at you and you didn't even flinch, and I just gave you a look, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what we decided to do is the knife throw. And I actually yeah. practiced that at home and I worked time on knife throwing so I could do that scene and at try. least try Method to make it Method, in the tree. Method matt that's why we call you that. <laughs> well, I wanted to be able to throw one successfully in the tree, so it's, I throw it.
0: I mean, it's been used a thousand times. It was a shot of you throwing it. And I think we have a little, what they call a swish pan, which is a real quick pan from that, you know, as you throw it, camera moves very quickly, in this case to the left and then we have a, you know, shoot the tree. I am standing next to the tree and you do a split screen where we have one shot where you thrown those, you throwing the knife and we see it hit the tree and I'm not in, I'm not in that shot. Right. And then we kept the camera exactly in the same place and we did the take again and I'm standing there reacting to a knife that isn't there, but There's enough space in there so I can join the two pictures together, and I love
1: that stuff. You can't tell
0: the difference. I mean, it's like the oldest trick in the book, and and you know, well, that's why they're old is because they work. They actually work. If you finesse it right, you can kind of sell it. And I'm proud of that edit. That that was that actually did sell. And and I just want to say, like, without
1: patting ourselves back too much, like, I think it is important to stress because, again, even my own wife goes like, "So, how many favors did you call in? Like, who'd you have? Did you have like?" guys you knew from new york city who was there no it it was just the three of us (laughs) which i think is kind of cool
0: that's a big point we should cover i mean look if anybody makes their stuff out makes stuff out there and thinks that they have to have you know five people on a crew or 10 people hanging around doing stuff you don't you really don't i mean it depends i guess on what you're trying to make but if you're trying to make something along the lines of this where it's some funny gags but mostly you know f- funny writing and characters. This was literally the three of us was the crew and the entire cast. That was it. We we were all operating sound or pushing record or helping with the jib when we weren't in a shot. I mean it was huh. it was a you know you have to get along to do that. Yeah, you don't need you don't need a ton of people.
2: We're talking about a magic a magic part of that with only three people was our sound production because now that, that's something as a cameraman, I, I, I want to really stress, like I really love sound operators. (laughs) So it's like something that I would only do, uh, where I didn't, it didn't matter that if something went wrong. We could deal with it. I mean, and having a sound operator is just amazing. To have well, but we totally, have, we totally advised it. to do what we, we did. Yeah, what yeah. we did. So, so it's kind of like only three guys like us who are friends could do something like this. But it's mm-hmm. like, but certainly, yeah, you know, not a big crew. But that would be one thing. I that was the one time I was really sweating all the time. Was like, God, and it, it's rough. It worked, man. It worked. It,
1: it, worked. worked. What it did worked. we do? Was I? I, I wasn't well,
0: laved, was I? Or God. we boomed. No, we boomed we it boomed.
1: all. Boomed. it all, right? Yeah.
0: Um yeah, we just had a boom on a stand that we would manipulate <laughs> yeah. and like move shot to shot. know uh, th- we there is a third member, a fourth member of the team. There's a fourth musketeer yeah. that needs to be addressed though, because we did have one of the best sound people on the planet. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. Doing post production for us, yes. doing the mix. Pete Penabri, who I've worked with for <laughs> years, um, did um I think he I think he's we've worked together like almost all all the shorts I've done and and all the features Pete's just great and it's so he, he he was able to clean up a lot of mistakes that we made on the you know there and um and uh and he made a, a beautiful a beautiful oh, thing out of it
1: sounds incredible the uh music that is used was uh I mean was that Tony was that a friend of yours also
0: uh, they were, in one case, one, one was a friend's band and the other was a band who I, I knew their work through another project. Mm, um, mm-hmm. But we got the song's licensed very easily. And, you know, that was also a pleasure. You know, and I, and although it feels weird to sit around, I mean, I'm, I don't, I have plenty to say about, like, how much I don't like to watch myself and how weird it is to see stuff and how many problems. I only see the problems. But, mm-hmm. you know, nine years later, this is a film that we still hope, we can kind of do something with that mm-hmm. we'll have, you know, legs to pitch. This is an idea sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something great about being able to look back with friends at something and go like, I really like that. Um, there's nothing wrong with, with being proud of some of the work you did. And, and, and I can, I think what's, what's cool about it is that because it wasn't a success thing, we didn't, we didn't go viral. We didn't get picked up. Nobody really saw it. Um it feels easier to do that. I'm very I feel very warmly for this movie.
1: I did a bunch of things on my own in between commercial acting and whatever parts I could pick off and it was always because um it seemed to buy me another 6 months of sticking in the business. Mm. Um I knew down deep to be honest now that I'm 51 I can admit this to myself like I knew I wasn't going to sell these things most likely like it's a it's a once in a billion shot to sell something like that. But for those 6 months it's like oh I'm writing this thing. Ooh, now we're gonna film this thing with friends. Ooh, now I'm gonna go to Tony's and edit it. Ooh, now I get to do a voiceover part for it. It's like that bought me six months of new energy, new excitement while I went to the Pepsi Light voiceover audition <laughs> and beat the streets in the day, you know? And yeah, but this thing ended up being way more than that. It was it was the first time I was ever really given like a part like this, like my dream part that you know i kind of wrote for myself and like tony you said to me like i want you to come up you said take some time smoke another cigarette go to bed i want you to build a backstory for this guy like don't this isn't just a funner funny or die short and i did and you know i'm horribly critical on myself too but like that scene with us is i put that on every reel it led every reel i ever did i didn't care that it never aired it was the best piece of acting i ever did um when you deliver that line to me they killed um uh, Kill Francis Kill Francis execution style and like I look off I was gone like I was like in my mind I had built a backstory that I, I had a wife basically somewhere in that cabinet she wasn't there and that look was it's over like I've lost everything because now I'm back in <laughs> and you know what I mean like for a stupid little and I was like really moved by that my you know personally like I was like moved by that for a for a two-day thing with three friends in the woods so I mean like it, this thing is I'm really, truly proud of it. It's, yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot there.
0: Uh, yeah. They killed Francis. Execution style. We should stick to this. I think we should uh, try to sell it. Stay in the business. Well, then I'll, I'll end with that. I do have a thought on that. Let's, let's take a little
1: break. I'm going to read some. Uh, why don't we do some uh, some mail? Yeah. Okay. You're a godsend, a savior. No, I'm. I'm just
2: the postman, the P4P mailbag.
1: So we got a lot of reaction to this. Uh... More than anything we've ever posted, actually, which is kind of funny. I was holding off on this oh, thinking, like, so no cool. one's going to care about our little movie. But right. we got more reaction to this than any of the big movies we've covered. Roxanne says, wow, I'm impressed. Great job, guys. Seth, Michael May, awesome. Patty, totally kept my interest. You have me hooked for more. Kathy, she was wondering what I was reading. The Tao Te Ching is correct. Um, Pete said, great job. Let's see. There was a question of, David, what are you doing these days? She wanted to know what Carlson's up to. She knows what we're up to.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm actually not, I'm not shooting any longer. Uh, um, I'm actually, I'm a songwriter now, which is a huge story in itself, but I'm just kind of following that. Um, uh, yeah. So I'm, and I'm really happy doing that. Really happy.
1: Yeah. And your, and your music's <laughs> great. I've, I follow you on social media and the stuff oh, you, well, thanks, you did, man. you did a cover of, come on, what was it? achy breaking heart? I think. Oh yeah. I, I was I'm like, that was part, yeah, that's but fine. it was wicked good. I'm like, Whoa. Oh. Thanks,
2: man. Yeah. You know, I was, I was out in PA, uh, near pound Ridge. I go out there every summer and, uh, I'm playing, playing locally out there at all these different bars and stuff. And so I had to come up with a set list of like, a, of other songs. So that's one of them. So I'm glad to, <laughs> glad to have played that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. cool. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, this is a bone of contention because of course, you know, David and I shot many things together when he says like he's hanging up his camera Every year or so, I'm always like, "Hey Dave, are you still are you sure you're just going to be a musician, songwriter? you don't want to shoot He's like, <laughs> "Nope, don't still don't want to well, shoot
2: So this is a point. I would say, uh, yeah, I live in a world of uh, sort of mythical adventure so if if the dragon comes to my door and says, "We have to go, I go, but if, if it's not that kind of thing, I don't do it anymore."
0: You know? When you so say dragon, I'm, you you, you dragon, you don't mean heroin. You're you mean cocaine about and heroin. Literal yeah, dragon. No, we have I mean, some. Like, we have know, a I lot. Mean,
2: I mean, I mean, like it's to me it's like like these things. Art for me is like Game of Thrones. You need to be called to an adventure. Mm. It's like Town Ridge. If you get called to an adventure, you go on it. You mm. know. I mean. So when you say I'm not doing anything, I'm still I'm still an artist, but I but I certainly I'm not trying to hunt down work anymore as a camera. Right. So I've let go of a lot of that stuff, but right. but certainly if like something if we were something were to happen, I would certainly
0: come back again. To-
2: but yeah. now, for now, I'm not. I'm just kind of dedicating myself to music, which
0: is good. All right. Well, we good heard moment. it here. Every like, that's true. I we just I we I literally just asked like, p- like I poked the bear the other day. We we were hanging out having lunch, and I was like, "So used to whatever you're shooting." Is no, nah, I don't think so. I don't think I'm gonna be shooting, but maybe, maybe. But in it's in the, the right perfect time. circumstance,
1: you possibly would shoulder up again, even if it were for another installment well, of did, Pound Ridge. I, I did it
2: for you for this for this job. I actually wasn't gonna work again, and then I said, "You know what?" Um, I can do this my way and my way is going to be us three. Awesome. So if we can make that happen, which is like, cause I'm a hit man, man. I don't want to, I don't like a lot of talking. And we made that thing like, boom, 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 boom. And Matty Blake was copy that. That's all he would say all day long. And then he would hit his line. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, that's what I want. Cause it's too hard. It's too hard not to live in that, to have people not be dedicated to it. Mm,
1: it's just,
2: just too hard. So anyway, that, that's so, what I felt. So yes, I, I will the right people. You will always do something with the right people. <laughs> there you go. So
0: well, well, the music is the, the the music is great. It is really great. You should check him out. Uh, where can people hear your music, David? Uh, where is it available?
2: Uh, right now, I'm working on some production demos, and they're over on YouTube at David Darshan Music at, G- yeah. at uh, YouTube. There's old demos on Spotify, but I, I
0: I would just go to YouTube. Stick to YouTube? Saying. Okay. David right. Darshan.
1: Okay. Um, uh, Kathy writes, which path to walk? The internal conflict of the warrior. The decision has been made or has it? I like that, Kathy. Uh, Nick, with the review of all reviews, I think I'm going to end with this in our mail section because this sums up, I think, exactly what we were going for. Oh, you cheeky bastards, writes Nick. I watched the first part of this and was like, holy shit, Matty's going to F some S up. Fed my toddler dinner, put him to bed, then watch the second part. Tony is a dick, LOL. That was awesome and effing hilarious. Cannot wait for the podcast review. Only thing paranormal about this was Maddie's muscles over those CGI. Oh, wow. Thank you, Nick. Um, <laughs> so
0: let's use Flattery that. we will a, get you everywhere. Yes. <laughs>
1: but let's use that as a segue to now talk about the paranormal aspect of Pound Ridge. So um, where this thing ended up going because of you, you two and your genius, um, is me coming up with a entire like pilot presentation pages and pages. I wrote episode breakdowns. I wrote 13 episode breakdowns of what the episodes would be. And what this thing became was, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. Pound Ridge being a town in which an evil cabal is basically doing government experiments on former warriors. And so we start to, my character starts to kind of catch wise to some of this and realize that we're being experimented on. And when I am hammering in that scene, you'll notice, if you listen to the very last couple bangs, there's a metal clank. And our vision was to be able to sell this based on the pilot presentation, this little spec pilot that you've all watched. And then to say, well, what he was hammering on was a hatch. And that hatch is going to lead to this center, this pound Ridge center where they're experimenting on these guys. And this was before stranger things. And, but when I watched stranger things that first season, I was like, Oh my God, they got in our head. Like, this was basically Stranger Things for middle-aged guys who were former soldiers, like soldiers of fortune. And what we wanted to explore was, yes, the comedic elements of, as we said, you know, what do you do when the A-team becomes the B-team? We're past our prime. We're throwing our backs out. We're, it, we're bickering like we're office workers, but yet we're out there to kill someone. Um, and that's all funny and everything. But we also wanted to explore like that paranormal element of government mind control so there was gonna be. Uh, I know, Tony. You had mentioned like. Um,
0: I thought of it as like Twin Peaks meets the Eighteen.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. You know,
0: like, like, uh, yeah,
1: like
2: a little bit of strange brew thrown in there. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: So suddenly, my character becomes. What happens is basically, my character went to Pound Ridge thinking he was going to hide and retreat and live in obscurity, but he's inadvertently, as they all were kind of called to this area by this cabal and i'm starting to catch why something's up and that's why i'm out there hammering on that hatch and uh so when you say like they killed him execution style now we know at this point something's going on in this town and the rest of the series will be us trying to figure out what the and who the is behind this and what's happening to us what's real what's actual ptsd that we're experiencing what's made up by this cabal and all the weirdness therein and um I just think it's a freaking great idea for a show. And yeah, it's a shame. You know, I'm bad at business. I'm bad at pitching things. I, I just don't, I'm not good at like those connections, but man, I, st- I still feel like this could be a streaming series. Like, especially when I watch a lot of what's on now.
0: Yeah, I think so. I, you know, I'd rather, I mean, in a lot of ways, I'd rather It's like try to win a lottery ticket and just go off and make make our own season and make our own money. Well, and
1: I feel like that's the only way this thing would work in a sense is to do exactly what we did and kind of expect nothing of it because we didn't do this to sell it. Like that became part of like, oh, we got something really fun here, right. really
0: good. Let's just we do it we... with younger, handsomer yeah. actors which, which we have, who are, who are although, guaranteed to pull in an audience.
1: Nowadays, I would be really interesting to shoot as like a, a follow-up to this. <clears throat> it would be very interesting. We could actually say in the lower third, you know, 10 years later and – And we all look a little (laughs) older you know what i mean it's got a lot of
2: potential i gotta say a lot of potential in production because it's um the way we shot it shows you can be done very inexpensive and you get this high this big look for very little you know and so you know again uh you know out there in pennsylvania there's just all these crazy little like campgrounds and you know where they make horror movies and stuff and so this is part of that sort of uh territory Mm -hmm. i even have I've even seen this location. So the Conridge is actually my home for people
1: that don't know that yeah, <laughs> we should that, have said that we, the location's your cabin. Yeah. It's <laughs> our summer.
2: It's our summer house, which is like a little tiny box house in, in Pennsylvania near, near the Poconos. But it has all these sort of things that are just, everything's cheap and you can kind of, it has everything's, kind of kit houses so it could be Sweden, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it has, you can shoot out there in the winter. of snow. I mean, things, you can make it look like all sorts of things. So, um, so I keep on thinking if this ever got to a place where someone wanted to throw a little money, money you could probably get a pretty good pilot episode, even if you want to do it for fun yeah. somehow, mm-hmm. however, that, whatever that means to you. I don't know. Um,
1: as it goes on, Tony, You and I have this dialogue and you can see my character kind of go through that realization like, they killed Francis. God, I got to do something. And I ask about him. And then there's a shift. The music shifts and I walk over and you're watching me like, "Uh uh-oh, what's he doing? And I pull out a cigarette in a jar that's hidden. This was not in the original script. I did have myself smoking because I wanted to do one particular gag. I wanted to do the really uh, dramatic cigarette drag they always do. I'm like, I'm out. I'm out, Okay. You can't pull me back in like that whole parody. But you took the cigarette to another level. Could you talk about that idea and like what that meant for my characters? I think it's like, talk about show me, don't tell me. I just think it was brilliant.
0: I d I didn't was that I didn't know that was my idea. That was your uh, idea. I I
1: had the whole cigarette thing, but you had the what you said to me was if your character was out and trying to live a new life and trying to keep it up. One of the things he, he might've given something up like smoking in the field. Right. And that's a part of his past, but he, but he's, so he's got one cigarette hidden mm-hmm. break glass in case of emergency type yeah, of thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I actually did know somebody who kept one cigarette. They quit smoking. Well, they, they, the way that they quit smoking was they decided that they weren't going to quit smoking cause they're going to have one, one more cigarette in their life. Oh, I see so Brilliant. they kept one cigarette in like a jar or some kind of case i love this and, shit. you know it was always there and he never did it he would quit smoking but he didn't in his mind that was his way out of it so that was part of this but also i like i just think it's a a, a really nice thing to give characters mysteries that you don't have to answer um you know i just think that um people are too into having everything solved in movies mm. a, a lot, you know, um, uh, sometimes it's fun just to observe things and try to figure out what's going on. And so I thought that would give your character a lot of depth, you know, and backstory in a, such a short movie that something in your past had gone on. And in my mind, I guess it could have been, cause it's different for you as the actor, whatever you are using, it's none of my business, but, um, like maybe, Somebody that you, you couldn't save. It was like a cigarette from their pack. Oh, yeah. And that yeah, was yeah. when you decided yeah, yeah. to quit. Yeah, And yep. you kept it saying that for <laughs> you one day, if I'm called again, I'll break this, I'll break this, you know, jar and, and do this. Um, it was kind of unspecific, unspecific, but I just thought it really helped to have, and, it, it, and there's, it, there's always something like that in these movies where there, you know, there's a history, there's a, there's a, somebody turns to somebody else and they goes, yeah, I remember what happened in Beirut in, 72? in 72 and you're like, oh. <laughs> but and you never see what happens there, yeah. but there's some history that they talk about. And oh. I thought it would be a place for that.
2: I kind of wish we would have seen a flashback scene of some guy in combat handing him the cigarette in the glass. <laughs> Sir, take this. It's just like, just a real
1: quick uh, Yeah, Yeah. You know, take this forever. <laughs> like a real <laughs>
0: Oliver Stone kind of like flashback moment. Yeah. Some kind of crazy I, moment. Well,
1: I could tell you as an actor, it, like it, I'm not that good of an actor that I like, t- if I tried to act the transition between I'm not, get out of here and like, I'm back in. If I tried to act that, I think it wouldn't have been great. But you gave me—I had a thing; I had a tangible piece of business to do, and yeah, that, then that I could helps. make the transition fully. I was like—I was that soldier smoking, and and I've practiced that since my whole life, and which ties into our top three tonight: best smoking scenes in movie history. Right, um, get
0: ready, folks.
1: Yeah, wow. like how, how many how many pretend drags did I take with candy cigarettes as a kid, pretending to be Clint Eastwood or whoever? And it's like it gave me something like, oh, hold on to so you know note for directors don't just try to like have your actors acting quote unquote, give them something to do. That'll help them that they can yeah, rely on. Right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like, even if that, that would have benefited you, even if it didn't end up in the movie Amen. as an actor. So yeah. it's like, give the actor something to actually go through and do. Um, and maybe uh, that'll just warm them into the, the, the proper kind of a uh, mental mental state, you know, rather than, trying to like fire off a gun and go like start acting mm-hmm. it, it, it's it throws people
1: we're gonna have a cross triangular flank at the front gate tech on the two side towers are probably laser trips you can't helo drop because they got boots in the tower but about two clicks from the ridge there's a drainage runoff you can breach there they will have eyes in the sky you'll have the best point man of all time covering your ass the big twist then is that um you're just there to borrow gear and not ask me to be on it and that's about when we meet carlson and david i want to talk about your performance
2: sure
1: and your casting as carlson like we like i am truly believe this i'm not just blowing smoke we could have cast this in new york city and la and looked at every actor in the business, and we couldn't. That's why this is kismet or or, or fate or whatever. The three of us yeah. at the perfect time, perfect place. You are the perfect Carlson. I can't see anyone else doing it as you did. You're dressed as I saw him. You, just everything you did. The phone, like you just you just nailed it. Um, like well, thank you, man. Yeah, I mean, talk about Carlson. Like, how did you see Carlson? I. Uh...
2: Carlson is, um, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I was thinking about this today. So I worked in pharma a lot of my life. So he's kind of what I would call a basic pharma rep man, like a man pharma rep you see in like a <laughs> Jersey, like in a Jersey club, you know, so good. slash maybe like Ryan Seacrest. It's like a kind <laughs> of where he's like, he's like a hitman, but he's like the kind he's a game show host. There's something about the guy he, he moves in a way where he may never kill anybody directly, but it'll be, but you know, it will happen. It's just something he kind of has some magic around. It. I just want him to be more talking and yes. like a guy, like more like, Hey buddy, it's Hollywood. It's like, we're hitman, but it's kind of, we're going to run a little bit like uh, yeah, it's just money and fun. And you know, it's all going to be good and all this kind of yes. thing. I don't know. And that seemed to work really well. It seemed to give mm-hmm. a, it gave a sort of edge. I guess this weird kind of male like modern male energy in it that I thought was kind of fun. Well,
0: know. what do you think? Yeah, all I, I agree totally. But there's also <laughs> this other thing where the movie is—you know—we're we talking all about this movie is an action movie with these guys, but really, to me, it's more—it's more like just a breakup movie
2: yeah yeah, yeah right. you know yeah. it's just yeah. it's just a breakup yeah. it's, like, it it's, really it's like what happens yes. when you break yes. up with somebody yes. and it's
0: just awkward because the new you know my new boyfriend is is there he <laughs> you know I, I didn't want it to go this way he had to give me a ride i didn't want you to know he was my new boyfriend but you put it together and yeah and, yeah. It and it's not a
2: better boyfriend either i mean this guy you know no, d- a very
0: same. different kind of
2: guy
1: yeah. you know different
0: than me He's very a, different.
1: Car- he uh, Carlson is described in this treatment here as the Yoko to our John and Paul. Oh, okay. <laughs> You've broken up the band.
0: I think that's how your character sees it. I will allow yeah. you, you know, your actors purview to like make your notes, <laughs> you know, as far as the world of Pound Ridge should this be expanded into the show that i've seen in my imagination Mm -hmm. because i see three seasons at least right now in my head as i'm Mm -hmm. talking to you i think carlson is an invaluable player i just think that 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 there are skills in that social ability he has like neither of our our characters can talk like human beings to anybody but right you know in a situation where any kind of uh, ability to talk out of a situation or to smooth talk somebody or to seduce somebody would be carlson's gig you know yeah and it would be strategy. an interesting episode where that actually you'd have to acknowledge that you know yes. begrudgingly. yes grudgingly yes that okay he's super well, organized as you say and save our lives this well, time
1: mm-hmm. and also
2: like i think carlson like that character for me like i don't think it is, he really likes Matt. I think it has to work like, no, man, I'm going to love it, dude. It's going to be like, (laughs) it's going to work out. I don't know where your trip is, but you're going to figure it out down the road. It's this whole whole kind of yogi spiritual thing in there, too, that you can kind of use. You know, like, no, it'll be, I'm going to show you down the road, and it'll happen. And it will happen. You'll have to deal with it.
1: I also, there's a little touch in there where you're talking about, like, at the time, Waze was a brand new app. And, yeah, right, and right. you and and you got the thing. at hurts like you'd be the guy cutting the deals. You'd have all the yeah. latest technology. You'd like work out a thing with the guy at the Hertz, and you'd have the Ways app. And you, you know what I mean. Like but it's, it's just, sort yeah. of benign,
2: and you telling stuff that people you know like really yeah. I don't want to yeah. know about that. Stuff. But
0: he'd all, yeah. he'd also like he'd be able to get the invitation to the fancy dinner where somebody had to be you know kidnapped. Bingo, bingo. You know he'd yep. be able to charm the uh, you know the the lady of the estate and and get a get invitations to parties and stuff. Because, of course, he also adds that level of class to the Mm -hmm. proceedings where Mm -hmm. that kind of James Bond element, that's probably a little bit more Carlson's style. I'm so sorry to
2: bother you, but we should probably skedaddle because we got to get that back to Hertz. And uh, I just checked Way's app, and they said there's a big emergency on the road and we're going to totally get, you know, effed in the A if we don't get going. So, got to do it. (laughs) Good seeing you. You know, I always was hoping that if you took him to the darker edge, he would be the um, the person that would talk to the person who's going to say this person's gonna hurt this person. Yeah. It would just be a very quiet like and he'd be really intimidating a very quiet, yeah, a very like you know a very like like loving way. Like, yeah. But he's not going to do it but i'm going to tell you what's going to happen which is I, terrifying like I, it kind of moved it i thought that would be a great way to go to sort of counterbalance because there's got to be darkness in there somewhere
0: well i'll You're, tell yeah. you there is darkness that we see because it's yeah. interesting i mean not to not to not to like criterion analyze this movie that we made <laughs> but the first time we see you 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 you, you piss on his house that's right yeah, you that's actually true, do right. a very aggressive thing that's really that's right strange that doesn't really you know that that kind of true, implies there's something going on with him that's not that we don't see all of it when we meet him
1: and and just to do what we do for a living like you're not unskilled like so you've killed someone at some point you oh, know what i mean like it's it's yeah it's a little yeah, bumbling yeah, yeah.
0: but you know yeah yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. which is I don't great roll with any fools man um, i got to have, so, have good backup
1: one more thing on the experience is being at your cabin mm. and getting to play i don't know acting movie making camp for two days with friends Mm -hmm. and like eat good food as you cooked for us, which is freaking delicious and have cigarettes and talk and be artists, you know, for two days was just like, you know, it it never got better for me than that on anything I've ever done. You know, maybe things got closer, matched it, but nothing better. Um, Talk about that. And just, I don't know if someone's listening to this, who wants to do this for a living, maybe, or thinking about creating something with friends, like, I kind of feel a calling to inspire them right now by telling them our Pound Ridge story. And even though the only people might see this are the people that watched it on our thing. And that's all that ever happens to it, but I wouldn't trade it for billion. Well, a
0: billion dollars. Well, it's um, it was, a, it's a privilege. I mean, I think that, you know, everybody, uh, everybody deserves to make stuff that just makes a few people really happy. And the people that made it, and some of the people that's seen it, I, you know, if this, um, if it gets seen by a few more people now because of, of, you know, paranormal podcast, then, then great. I mean, that's great, but it it doesn't change the fact that it not winning the lottery doesn't have any impact on how I feel about it. Mm. You know, I, I just, I think that, um, being able to explore these weird genres and mixing them together is, is, you know in a lot of ways it's all the best parts of movie making without any of the drag of show business oh. you know well said and it's like, so what it's just if show business is just not involved in it mm. at all mm. i mean and that includes you know you don't get accolades and you don't get like a, a a pickup at netflix or something so it's still it's still a great way to spend your time you know
2: that felt to me like a hunting trip with three guys. It was just a, it felt to me like a, me and my buddies are going to go hunting. We're going to do something very focused. We're going to be out in nature. We're going to drink some beers and we're just going to really just be. And it really, um, there was such focus. I mean, I got to tell you, man, your dedication. If people want to use you as an actor, they have scored gold. I do not know who listens to this. I don't have anything invested in this, but dude, you are, you were so solid. I mean, I cannot mm-hmm. believe it. we It's like, you just, you just accepted that and you, you did what we, I mean, it was unbelievable. I, I didn't have to, I didn't have to think a thing about anything. And that's rare, man. That's rare that you kind of go out. Tony and I would just kind of look at each other. There was all this weird unspoken. This is, a, we just did it. It was crazy, mm-hmm. crazy hunting trip. And it worked out like a piece of magic and i don't i'm with you man i have never had anything since that worked like that but it happens see it happens when it's right that's when it's right it's right that's all i know Mm -hmm. when it's wrong it's miserable Mm -hmm. because even when it's right it's hard but god when it's right it's like "Hmm, and that was right Mm -hmm. and then you know so god bless both of you that i want to just i want to have that sound bite because that was both of you and anthony my god Literally, dude, you're like, you were like, you went into it. I don't know. It was just like, you had a Viking helmet on. It was amazing. You're <laughs> a great leader. And you acted like crazy. And such a good actor in it too. Such a good actor in it. And you had, well. such, you had such trust in your cast and your camera. It was just a really amazing, you, you give, you're so giving. It's like, really like, I can't, I can't. And it sounds really weird. It is such a small, ridiculous little piece, but it's, it's, but it's beautiful. I mean, I, I look at, I look at it now and the, the piece I want to get to is that little that little like uh, high-tech thing of seeing the car drive up and there's like, you know, you see like the video cameras. Yeah. You know, how ridiculously lo-fi that is, but how really still. To me, yeah. when I watch it, I go, that's more effective than half the shit I see. 100%. I see
1: you see, when you guys arrive at the cabin, this is a great yeah. point, David. I'm so glad you went back to this. Uh you, you see basically what is probably my security system catching you guys approach my house. And the Correct. way you guys executed that is just and I and that's like Tony's style too, David. You know, you watch his feature length films and his other sure. things he's done. Like that's such an Arcan style. It's because it's kind of high tech, but it's kind of 70-ish. <laughs> right
0: right right so i can't hey, take the 70s out of the guy right No, well, <laughs> well, yeah. there's there the go. editor There's the editor you
2: see mm. and also and anthony's editing is just mm. like a very superb in this which is you know mm. he's such a good editor and that, i would say as a piece of cinema a little piece of cinema he did he really shines because of that i mean his yep. his lay, laying and timing and stuff is really needs to be pointed out so that's really part of it
0: well, thank you. That's very nice. I, I, yeah, I you know, you. you guys, you know how I feel about you both. Mm-hmm. think you're, you're the bee's knees, the both of you's and, <laughs> yeah. um, great,
2: great hunting trip. It was a great hunt. Yeah. So well yeah. said
0: for somebody I was hearing interview, they talked about what films meant to them that they'd made. And they said, well, I don't really watch them much, but when I do, it's really just like looking at like home movies or my tour or my pictures from a trip. Cause for, for the people that make the movie, the movie, isn't really a movie. It's, it's, it's a collection of experiences you had together. Amazing. And, um, and I, so anyway, to round out this whole part of being like, of how great we all are like this, <laughs> this really is, you know, um, it, that lives there for me. It's the highest benchmark of like, of, uh, I can watch it and I can just enjoy the memories of it. And, and I don't know if I can't tell what's good or bad about it. I know your work is good in it, both of you. I know this funny when the script is right, but it's hard for me to edit and look at myself that way. It's a strange. So I'm not, I'm not I'm not over that uh, that part of it. Why
1: don't we close like we often do with these movies, like just favorite scenes, favorite lines, favorite moments, guys?
0: one of my favorites is your is your reaction to the book in the beginning those the the face that you make of under of scowling kind of understanding yeah. what you're reading i i <laughs> it, it absolutely kills me um and uh i could watch david's final moment there his 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 awkward speech to us i could i could watch it every day and laugh the same time at the same amount I, that take is just so goddamn funny it's amazing. uh every time i see it so i can't you know i every time
1: it's amazing david uh anything stand out for you in this recent viewing of like oh what a line or what a scene or what a moment
2: i think you're the reveal on you and tony's moment is pretty golden i i have to say the what like tony's like oh you mean like when tony gets it that you don't get it. <laughs> yeah. There's a thing in that moment between you two, and your desperation to, <laughs> to try to get it back. It just it's a weird human thing you did. It was like, no, no, no. Wait a minute. Like, what, what are you talking? About? It's like, <laughs> like you, you're trying to make sense of this. It's, it's gonna go the way you're gonna go. You've already built this in your head, you know. And then it's so like such a romantic fantasy, and Tony's gonna wait a minute. What are you talking about, dude? It's, it's a really <laughs> that just always gets me.
0: I'm back. I probably should have been a little bit clearer about this up front. We don't actually need you, you know, on the job. What do you mean? It's been a long time since I've done a full-on frontal assault. So I'm kind of rusty, and um, it's been mostly, like, tactical long-range neutralization. That's good pay, but it's really hands-off. You come here just to borrow gear? Yeah. It's
2: awkward. I think uh, yeah, yeah. That and I love your working out in the beginning, man. I tell you, that's my favorite, one of my favorite things. It's just so crazy, weird. You know, I don't know
1: what a
0: way. Cropped jeans, yeah. Friday and and jeans.
1: we we've done films on this podcast, David, that we reviewed, and I'm like, that is that scene. There was a we did a movie last week, I think, wasn't it, Tony? Um, the Monkey movie, Monkey Shines, and there's a yes. workout scene, An awkward like
0: workout. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I'm like, right. that was you know, so yeah, that was. <laughs> Um,
2: well, that's stolen from a what, what movie is that? Bare Knuckles or something? It's a
0: oh, it's there's a, it's, it's in a Roadhouse. Movie, it's, it's in a, all yeah, kinds of, of stuff. Guy stolen. working
1: out in his jeans. Jeans like, that, and yeah. Tony specifically. I was like, I brought workout no, stuff. No, 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 no. Yeah. In your jeans. Yeah. <laughs> this is 1977, yeah. maybe. Um, awesome. So great. Uh, I think my favorite line might be, "He's super organized. Guys.
2: I do most of the killing."
1: uh i mean <laughs> if i you know and i don't mean that because from writing perspective, i mean tony's that's delivery funny. and um there's a there's a moment i have that i always think of where it's like tony said to me hey w- what would my character be doing if i followed you into a room and i said well the first thing he would clear it was uh, he would just be." and there's a shot right. of tony following me in uh-huh. and he's he's clearing the room he's yeah i really know cool. he
2: did a great job yeah that's uh, a really that, great that's I, a great I, acting I, moment it, yeah. it's such a right He's so good. Yeah.
1: He's so good. So, yeah. Yeah. He looks
2: a little weirdly paranoid in that moment. Yeah. Which actually adds to the awkwardness of what are you, what are you doing there, man? Yeah. Like, yeah. like are you going to kill this guy or what? Yeah. It, had, yeah. it had that feeling, I
0: Years of fake acting like a policeman. Ah, so good. And so auditions can lead to that. I just yeah.
2: wish we could just continue Love Fest, but thank you. I really appreciated that experience, man. It was great. Really, really good.
1: Your, your little trip in the woods. You stumble, and that incredible shot, David, that you got again using that arm was just so—you mm. know—that kind of tracking shot of him going sideways, and then he mm. he stumbles a little bit, which again, you know, show me, don't yeah. tell me. It just says so much about where you're at. Maybe you're a little rusty. You're way out there. You know, it's just—it's just so good. And city so, guy. So, yeah, yeah. You've been in the city a little too long. Maybe it's been a while. And right. I just—I just love little details like that and things. You know, as a fan and doing this podcast, you learn how to kind of what you love. And and it's those elements in a film that make me fall in love with it. You know, those right. little details those are like, you know, chef's kiss moments. And that was one of them. Um, Yeah. So that comes to mind.
2: Can I, can I say also, this is a good point for young filmmakers aren't there using outdoors. I, and this is a trick I always love to do is when you have something that's sort of redundant is to sort of move it in a way where you can have different positions and it could be really in different places in the place in the place like you know when we did Schnelling, we built one hallway and we just built it in different ways and you kept on running different at different angles That's right,
1: right. Genius, so you're
2: outside yeah. in that that thing when tony is looking for you and he just turns around a number of times and just having just having that jib to move the camera really quickly in different places it just looked like he had gone over different areas of land i thought to yeah find you in a very we did that like in five minutes it was like turn this way, turn this way, turn this way, and boom! <laughs> yes. it was done. Yes. But it looked, it really tracked well. I thought, you know, it had a really great element of movement, and you brought that, Anthony. I, I know, so it was really nice. To
0: do um, thank you, sir. Uh, uh, so, do you all? I know you do. There must be movies in the canon of films about tough guys, teams, or whatever that you uh, that you like that you drew inspiration uh, from in some way for this. Uh, any, anything come to mind? Because I know I have, like, I couldn't stop making a list. I mean, well, I can say back to my earlier original
1: point of where it came from. There was a distinct ripoff, a direct ripoff from the second Rambo, I believe, when Troutman comes to bring him back. And again, it's a scene that's in so many action movies, but that one in particular was on my mind. I remember we
0: talked about that. Yeah, Come on,
1: Rambo, we need you back in the field. Like, um, Mm -hmm. the killing days are over. You know, like that was definitely on my mind, 100%. And the only thing, (laughs) I'll say this, since we're talking favorite scenes and everything, like the one thing, if I could do different, would be some sort of weapon preparation scene, but parody it somehow. You know. Well, I thought like, you were going
0: to say I do a sly impersonation in the movie. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, you
1: definitely could do one not. thing differently. But some sort of gear. We didn't have time for but it. Was like me putting gear together, uh, and then we we've actually talked about it in that in that Rambo movie. There's a scene where he's putting all his knives and everything together, and then he puts a camera, and it's like the film, like as if he's loading a gun. It's like it shows like the film loading and something like that. so. Yeah, that was a that was a big influence.
2: Well, I mean, all those movies, obviously, I think Rambo, I think when we had talked it, I, I consider Rambo from the palette perspective mm. because Rambo is up in the, what is it? Northeast and they shoot mm-hmm. up like in Oregon or something like that. Yeah. The original is he's, Pacific- he's, he's, he's walking around in like this rain you know? So I just envision like, let's use that as a sort of like a template. But I wasn't in the Western movies. You know, I was really thinking of the Western, a lot of Western, different Western films.
0: What about as a kid? Was there but, one? Was there but, one? You know, that, like yeah. You, that...
2: Well, Dirty Dozen. You know, uh, yeah. when, you, when you say when you're talking about a, a a movie, a heist movie, or a movie like that, my first when I first was like, he can't die. One well, moments, you know, like <laughs> how could that happen? You know, it was really the Dirty Dozen, right. Right. So that's always on. I think that movie is just, you know, I use everything to construct everything with that. Uh,
0: it's it's a perfect of- analogy. Yeah. It's the it's like almost the original, um almost the original version of it.
1: The it, since we made Pound Ridge years later, um with none of the pathos we had in it, but talking <laughs> about sending up action movies as McGruber, Is is like took what we did and put it on steroids? (laughs) uh, Yeah. Well, I put it on something. I don't know what it was.
0: Some new drug. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was steroids, but damn, that's a funny movie.
2: uh, Do 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 you think other people are going to see what we're talking about in Pound Ridge, or is it just our own like child that we're just kind of in love with, or like I'm always
1: curious about because I it had some weird magic, and I think it still does. And it's a great question. I can tell you this. Just my little. Anecdotal way, uh-huh. I've never received more universal shock and awe and praise than this project. Like when people uh-huh. see it, I've never once had anyone go, like, oh yeah, no, this is pretty good. It's good. It's just like uh-huh. holy, shit. Oh, you know, and funny. it's it's across the board. So that's why I'm so proud to share it because I am a little yeah. gun shy about sharing things I've done. I, you know, I wrote and directed web series that no one will ever see. Matter of fact, my GoDaddy account on one of them just expired and the things lost to history. And I'm like, good goodbye you know what i mean yeah, and i worked hard and i'm proud of moments of it but it's like you know you learn by doing and like yeah this thing i don't know how many people are gonna see it but everyone who sees it seems to universally
0: get it yeah cool which is awesome
1: uh, tony you were talking about references uh, or, or influences
0: yeah as a kid i mean was there something for you what was your what was yours going growing up oh,
1: well i mean my dad and i saw all the dirty harry's um the whole um quiet killer guy you know there's i was doing a lot of clint in that scene, okay in those scenes yeah. you know like i was a lot right. squinting and like i was like I, I access whenever i play like a tough guy there's some clint in there somewhere
0: right 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 so yeah i'm i gotta say like you know i mean it, magnum pi it's it's this this whole thing has got so much magnum pi in it for yeah. me <laughs> and I, I mean i was i would there was no bigger fan back in the 80s than me and it wasn't it wasn't what What the haters don't know is that it wasn't about Magnum. It was about these four people. The friendship, yes. And um, that Howard Hawks kind of connection that they had and the fact that they could bicker and you know hate each other one day but completely have each other's back. I found very inspiring as a kid, and and I still do. And I, I think that energy was something I was conscious of wanting to have in this project somehow in whatever form it took.
2: Love that. We really did make a Howard Hawks movie. You know that guy's.
0: <laughs> oh wow, man, Howard no Hawks, real Bravo.
2: It was yeah. a it was a Howard Hawks type of film. <laughs> three men, three men working it out in the, yeah. in the woods. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, well, that's one kind of that's one kind of movie it could we be. Needed,
2: we just needed a woman to get mad at. I think right. That was, <laughs> to leave us
1: alone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah the deliverance was also like that too. So it could be a different kind of movie. And there's
1: another form of that twist where we, where, where, which I would, would have explored is that same similar type of scene. When I go to tell my wife, like, look, there's nothing you can say. I'm going back out. And she's just like, good, go. Right. I mean? Like I want you here. Yeah. Bag's already packed. You know, yeah. Get the hell Take, out of here, you crazy yeah.
0: psycho. You're taking the van, taking the minivan.
1: <laughs> um. All right, guys. Well, I mean, it's going up on our shelf, Tony. So I might even put a little spotlight on it. I'm so proud of it. And you know, I'll I'll end with this, my final comments, and I'll let you guys close and before we get to our top three greatest cigarette moments in movie history. Um, of anything I've done, and I mean this, if I had to pick one thing to put up to show my career, it would be Pound Ridge. And I mean that wow. from the bottom of my heart because it's it's the only thing that was like mine and ours. Do you know what I mean? Like you it's said, it's also years- the
0: only thing that you've been shirtless in jeans doing karate in
1: uh no that's not true (laughs) whoa oh that's been released
0: yes yes (laughs) yeah that's been released i was gonna say i thought i knew all the movies
1: i truly mean that it's it's the one thing i'm most proud of i've done some as you know kind of like big projects and stuff but they weren't they weren't fundamentally mine and i don't mean mine i mean ours the three of us yeah It, it was us and there was no outside interference there was no opinions but us so like I, and and the way it came out, I'm just so proud of. Like as I said, we we all came kind of fully formed to it with our years of of, of what we do, and we got to practice it and play it, and we did it. It's like this is good. So yeah, it's my it's my favorite rec. It's my favorite record. If I was a musician, I that's guess. a
0: nice way to think about it, man. You know, it's like bands, garage bands. They put out little records yeah. sometimes. You know, yeah, I, I might mean, have a like bigger their hit friends somewhere. and family, like <laughs> yeah. immediate people, see it, right. hear it, but. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, how about you guys? Uh, any final thoughts before we get to our top three?
0: I, I hope we, I hope we, uh, I hope we inspire some, a few more people to check the movie out and um, uh, would love to, you know, love to revisit the world some, sometime in something we do.
1: Totally agree. Are the keys to the uh, cottage still open, David, in case we ever want to do a second follow? Oh, absolutely.
2: Are you kidding me, man? It's like so open. I would, I would love it, and I have so many weirdos up there that I can use as, a, as background people. I mean, I've met so many just, you know, weird hippies that are. It'd be perfect for this project.
0: Uh, anybody good with a machete? Oh
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: sure. We need to I'm up sure. the knife game in the next one.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll work on my axe throwing for the next. Good, one. Good, good, good. Yeah. All right, our top three, inspired by my cigarette drag, uh, when I open up the jar with the cigarette. The top the three, cigarette three cigarette moments, moments in, in movie history. history. Tony, would you like to begin? And David, if you think of one, throw it in there. Uh, your number mm-hmm. three, Tony, cigarette moment in movie history.
0: Well, my number three is gonna, I'm going to cheat a little bit because it's not a cigarette. Um, but I, I have to go with Sterling Hayden smoking that cigar and Dr. Strangelove. He uses it to punctuate that speech. In the most terrifying and and disgusting way. It's fantastic. Yeah, there's a really low-angle shot of him with the giant cigar. It's like a foot-long cigar.
1: Oh, God, is he terrifying. I will not allow them
0: to sap and abuse (laughs) all of our precious bodily fluids. So good. Um,
1: My number three is the late Jeff Conway playing Kaniki in Greece. There's a scene that's just... burned in my brain as a child. He lights a cigarette during the Grease Lightning song, but he lights it with like a flamethrower. So Kaneki always has a cigarette. Yeah, in his ear.
2: Yeah, 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 I know and that. He,
1: but... and, and it's like, they're all singing, you know, whatever that song is, Gre- Grease Lightning, go Grease <laughs> Lightning. And he just lights the cigarette with a full-on flame. And uh, it was just like the coolest thing I ever saw.
0: I'm going to go with Dennis Hopper in True Romance. Um, he has a scene with Christopher Walken where he is about to die,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: terrible terrible brutal horrible death and it's an infamous scene but he has he has his last cigarette and it is the most impressive last cigarette Um, the way that Tony Scott films it the audio of it uh, the the lighter everything is so fetishized about it it's incredible and the way he savors it is, is forever all time great
1: Such a great scene, super close-ups. I remember, and I Mm -hmm. remember the moment he he makes the decision to double down and go like, "Okay, I'm gonna die here because," and so I'm gonna say this, what I want to say. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. He
0: he just there's nothing left to lose, and (laughs) he relishes that cigarette, Uh, telling that story. He decides.
1: You see him decide like, Mm -hmm. "Okay,
0: I'm going down my way." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's my number two.
1: Um, my number two is maybe my number one but i used this movie last week so i wanted to kind of take it easy but i can't help it as you know it's maybe my favorite movie of all time from rushmore uh bill murray lighting a butt while he's already got a butt hanging out the other side of his mouth rather when he's when he's totally broken he's just got a butt dangling and he goes and lights another cigarette while it's in his mouth i think it's just it's a great moment (laughs) you gotta
0: pick another movie next week to to be on your
1: top i know i know i can't help it
0: she's in love with a dead guy anyway Edward appleby you
2: know, she's uh, sweet but
1: it's up.
2: Hey, are you okay? Well,
0: I'm a little bit lonely these days. My number one. Uh, I'm going with um, Sean Young in Blade Runner. She Ooh. has a cigarette during the Voight comp test that Harrison Ford oh, gives her. Yeah. That's pretty fantastic. Right. Again, the way that they should you know the the way that this the audio picks up the actually the tobacco burning and that crispy sound it's it's in, it's incredible but also it's like she's very stunning in it and the way that she's smoking and kind of like terrified of this test but um using the cigarette as a defense mechanism these mm. inc- this incredible like cherry red lipstick it's really good stuff do you mind if i smoke It won't affect the test. All right, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. Just relax and answer them as simply as you can. You've got a little boy. He shows you his butterfly collection, plus the killing jar. I take him to the doctor.
1: My number one has to be mel gibson lethal weapon when he gets in the oh. car danny glover he takes yeah. a big drag yeah god hates me that's what it is I hate him back it works for me blows the smoke out of his nose and his uh. car drives away
0: <laughs> yeah that's my he number did, one he did a good job with that <laughs> he did
2: i was thinking of one in schumer's list when ray Finds is picking people off there's a cigarette laying on the counter and he goes, before he picks people up, they picks one guy off in the, in the, in the yard. And then he goes down and he just bends down and grabs it with his mouth, <laughs> wow. you know, it was right. like, uh, that I was like a that. sign of such disrespect. Right. And I remember that like scene really, really did something to me. It was kind of like,
0: that's one of the most yeah. horrific scenes in ever. Yeah. yeah. But that and,
2: cigarette, the way he uses yeah. that was like brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. It was kind of like true yeah you know Yeah, it's a way to
0: find the physical like a new way to do something uh, physically yeah. as an actor that's just mm-hmm. so like arresting and and
2: yeah he had a rifle and his hand bends down and grabs it with his mouth it's like yeah it's great great
1: incredible
0: great. you gotta you know i mean you gotta at least mention humphrey bogart oh yeah. in you know I, I mean i don't think anybody smoked much better than him except no. for marcello mastriani and marcello mastriani in eight and a half he takes a drag off a cigarette when he is painting his girlfriend's face with like makeup. He's like being a director and she wants him to, Mm. you know, paint me up like, like one of the whores in your movie. And it's this really weird, crazy sixties, like erotic scene where he's, he's got a, he's got his glasses on and he's, he's like putting makeup on her face and making her eyebrows big and she's making faces and it's kind Mm. of this foreplay scene, but he's got this short little, you know, filterless cigarette that's like burning down to nothing and the way that he's just smoking and <sighs> focused on her face and oh my god it's really good stuff too
2: hey, can i say bruce willis mm. was a good smoker yes. you know, man I'm, i have to say like his 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 drags on a cigarette i feel like he just had it at the corner of his mouth he went squid he had some Great kind call. of thing with it right i mean you know you're right
0: you're right was yeah. that
2: Die Hard? He just seemed like he just had this thing. He had like he's yeah, he was always his arms. He had like a cigarette. He's always he just had a thing with. I just thought he did a great job. It's man. very
0: natural. Die Hard.
1: Yeah. He takes a cigarette right. break when he's talking to the cop on the radio, as I remember. Yeah, it. Like, yeah, and he's yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Kind of talking this shit. And he just has this thing. Yeah, he just knows how to do it. It's, it's such a pet call. peeve
0: to, to when you see an actor that clearly doesn't smoke who's playing somebody who smokes, and to see just yeah. that they don't know how to.
1: Yeah, really handle
0: it. it, the awkwardness of it, uh, the yeah. slight Terrible. details of that, like you've right, that. You've never practiced
1: that,
2: you've never practiced You like, uh, yeah. uh yeah. the Brad aforementioned Pitt Brad Pitt smokes pretty well, too.
1: Mm, the aforementioned Clint Eastwood and the spaghetti westerns with that little cigarilla over in the corner of his cigarilla, mouth. yeah, has it ever looked better? I mean, mentions for sure, yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. And Robert Mitchum, I think, handled mm. the cigarette probably better than almost anybody, mm. yeah.
1: Those old, like, the, the like those actors, and they're like, you those know. Those 40s um, guys. row Bars, the actual veterans, Lee Marvin. Oh, those guys 40 who, guys. Yeah. Like, they really they smoked knew. in war situations. So when they were on camera, it was like, pff, they just made it look like a part of their appendage, you know. It was just fantastic. Part of
0: their appendage? I don't know what that means. <laughs> Kathleen Ooh. Turner.
1: Great one. Yeah, we don't have women on
2: this list. Yeah, Kathleen Turner had a good smoke. She yes, can smoke
0: well. Betty Davis could smoke.
1: Betty yeah. Davis, maybe yeah. the goat. We should have maybe called the Betty Davis Award. Who is the, the Davis. oh oh? Uh, do, do cartoons count? Because wasn't the Dalmatians, Didn't she have the long cigarette? Oh, yeah. oh yeah, Cruella right. Developed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the long cigarette holder for sure. Yeah. Um, Bill Murray in the, in the Hunter Thompson movie. Oh yeah, where He's the got Buffalo Room. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh well, guys, this has been amazing. Um. Yeah. This is fun,
2: man. I wish we could just see each other and uh, have a cup of coffee one of these days, all right?
1: Well, let's wow. let's make that happen. Let's make it's that right, happen. It's two against on the, one
0: Matty. You got to come down a little bit south. what Maybe on
1: the set of We're, Tony's next movie. Uh thank okay, you guys. Uh, thank you so much. Love you both and yeah. Viva Pound Ridge.
2: Yeah, wonderful. Yes, I'll have to spend my summer